Welcome to Wisdom Wednesdays. We are so happy that you've joined us. We have a powerful word to share with you today. Our topic today is unity and honor in the body of Christ. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I, you know, this is definitely at the heart of we break cycles, and you know, we know that that that's what God wants us to do is to live together in unity. Um, uh, one of the Bible verses that talks about, you know, how he says it's the love that we have for one another you know that's when people see that love and i'm paraphrasing but when people see that love um that's how they'll know that we belong to god you know so i'm just so excited to kind of hear straight from the word what he has to say i mean feel, i feel like a lot of people have different opinions about what unity should be or you know what what honor should look like in the body of christ but we're here to learn you know and hear what he has to say straight from his heart so absolutely i believe that this is a place where the body of Christ needs a lot of healing. And I, I find that this word, it really clears some things up for me. And I think one of the starting points with this uh, study needs to be really with, I, it does go back to identity. Because yes, we do want to be connected with the body of Christ, but we first have to be connected with the Father. We have to be so grounded in our identity and I think that's key to stay in your position where God's called you. If for some reason in the body of Christ, someone seems to feel like they don't really value what you bring to the body of Christ, if it's what God's called you to do, I believe it's important to be grounded in what God has said about you. And so um, the first part of this uh, reading today is 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen. And it says, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And that really, the word as he pleased jumped out at me because I believe one of the questions that I've asked God is, God, are you pleased with me? And I, I think that's something that we all struggle with as with regards to our value, our self-worth. How can you use me? What are my, what are my gifts good for? How can I make a difference? Am I really significant? And I believe that's where the enemy comes in to attack first. And I believe that's the scripture says, God, not only is he pleased with you, but he's given, he's given you a position. And uh, then it's our responsibility to take it. But I believe it's a need that all, all of mankind has is to feel a sense of belonging. And I, I, I think we all know that's where the enemy comes to attack us, even at childhood sometimes, where we just don't feel like we really belong. So this scripture itself just brings a ton of healing. And I don't know if you have anything to share along those lines. No, I just... Uh, I just uh had some thoughts when you, you talked about, you know, even as early as childhood, you know, so I feel like every one of us has a purpose, you know, um, and, you know, the devil definitely kind of has a sense of it. He obviously doesn't know, you know, what your end will be or what your, you know, exact purpose is sometimes, but he can kind of sense that, you know, glory of God on your life or the calling and is able to craft literally craft the exact type of weapons that he'll send against a person um, to kind of keep them away from 
discovering and even walking in that calling. Um, and when I when I was just listening to you right now, it just took my mind back to, you know, when I was, I think it was about nine years old, you know, and I had some experience with, you know, um, feeling rejected by friends. Um, and that sowed such a, like, major seed in my life that kind of led me down a, you know, bad path, which just, I think I got to a point, and I can't remember exactly how old I was, but at a certain age, I just felt really cold, you know, and I felt like, I didn't have the capacity to love people. I just always was thinking about how to avoid any kind of close relationships. And if I even sensed that a person could reject me or if it even if I smelled it like the cat, you know, I would literally back out of that relationship, shut it down, let them loose, like just, you know, get rid of people. It was like almost like a game, you know, very callous um, and I just remember crying out to God one day and like, God, I feel so cold. I feel like I can't love. I don't know how to love, you know. And he, I, I know from that moment he started a walk, you know, with me and started a work in me, you know, to gradually heal me. You know, there's still days that it comes back and it's like, uh, you know, this is an opportunity to run back into your shell. But, but I'm so grateful that he's walked me through that. So I'm so excited that, you, you know, you're going to share some of that, you know, um, some more of that with us. Absolutely. Another scripture that has come to my mind, I do not know where it is in the Bible, but is that we are his workmanship and that he calls us honorable and he delights in us and he invests. And in, I mean, he looks out for his investments. I mean, he's invested in us. And so he looks out for our investments. And I, that is something that has really Minister, that word has ministered to me a lot. And I do believe that as we step out into our callings, that it is significant that we are whole. We, we, come, we um, come out, we minister out of a whole place and a place of healing. And I, that's part of what God had walked me through when he brought me through uh, to a place of surrender was really coming in agreement with what he had to say about me. And then um, I will read verse 22. Actually, if you could read verse 21, since I don't have my read class. Mm -hmm. Sure. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. You want me to read 22? Yes, on, the on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. On a personal level, what I hear is that we're indispensable, that God will not throw us away. And I believe that's something that a lot of a lot of us need to hear and a lot of the body of Christ. And that's a word that we need to take to the world, that in God's heart, they're not indispensable, that he pulled them out of eternity and placed them in time with a purpose in mind and with gifts inside of them and with good works set apart for them specifically, specifically and equipping them to do that. For them, to, because he wanted them to fulfill their destiny and their calling, 
And I, I think the questions that we ask ourselves a lot of time, ourselves a lot of times are, God, tell, show me what you want me to do, or how do I find out what you've called for me, called me to do? And feel like that's just an impossible, unattainable thing, is to really get clarity on that. But I heard someone say, God wants for us to know our purpose and to fulfill our purpose even more than we do. He, he had the forethought. That was his idea, and he has the power to bring us the breakthrough and bring all of those things into fruition. So um, I, I also, I just wonder, like, what are your thoughts about honor with regards to those who are maybe not so, like, don't seem so likely or the weakest or honor? I think as you say that, the first thing that, that comes to my mind is the Bible verse that talks about how he um, uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And, you know, that's just kind of like, you know, our God, like the most unlikely, you know, people, the most unlikely situations, circumstances is what he uses to showcase his majesty and his sovereignty and just, you know, how mind-blowing he is. You know, he says his ways are higher, greater, his thoughts than ours, you know? Um, and so just with us, you know, with, with um, those of us that, that don't seem like we're, you know, we're, I guess, the qualified or don't seem like, you know, we should be the ones um, being a voice, you know, for him, that's what he specializes in is using those people. I mean, think about David, for instance, in the Bible, it just came to mind as I was speaking. David was the last son, the one who nobody thought would amount to anything really right the father didn't even call him up you know when when he when they uh, Samuel asked him to call up his sons right he was not even one of them to be called up he had to literally be reminded <laughs> that he had another son you know because he asked him he said do you you know is there another son he's like well yeah you know but he's that guy you know out there in the field yeah sure you know call him but he was the chosen one you know so I feel like we have so many examples in the word that tell us that that is totally God right and so we shouldn't listen to a man or a woman, someone, you know, trying to disqualify you, especially when you know God's spoken to you and has told you, this is what I want. This is how I see you. This is who you are in me. And this is what I want you to do. This is your assignment. Um, I know it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, a little uh, challenging sometimes because, hey, these are the people you see, you know, people you trust. Sometimes it's even family members um, and, you know, people in, in the body like pastors that you, you know, trust. And these are the same people that are telling you, look, look, you don't qualify. You don't look like what should be. And so you're not. And so it can be a little challenging. Um but I feel like God's calling us all right now to say, look, it doesn't matter what he, he's trying to break us off, break us away from that um, fear of the opinion of men, you know, um, and really find our value um, and, you know, realize that he honors us, you know, because he sees us for, for who we are and who he created us, you know, to be. So That takes me back to the experience that I had with the Lord when I keep going back to this because it was just the turning point in my life. And uh, when I said, God, what do I need to change to have change? And the first thing he asked me was, do you believe that I'm God? And I was really aggravated at God for that question because I, I got saved when I was seven and 
he knew that. So I had no idea why he was asking me that. And I said, of course I do. And he said, well, do you believe that I'll do what I say I'm going to do? And at the time I was a single mother with, you know, all my kiddos and I had a mess of a situation and, and I just realized that I didn't have faith that God would say that God would do what he, you know, he had promised. And he said, well, that's the first thing that I want you to do is repent for your unforgive for your unbelief. And then he said, and, and for pride. And I just didn't see how I had pride. I said, I don't understand. And he said, well, you've been trying to do this on your own. And he said, and if you were able to accomplish what I had planned for you to accomplish on your own, I would never get the glory. Mm-hmm. And I think that has really shifted my perspective on the way that I look at other people because it's all about God's plan for his children. It's about his purposes and his power and ability to bring it to pass. And the key is encouraging other people to have the faith. And honoring someone and honoring the weak, in my opinion, is looking at someone in their brokenness. And that was me. And saying, God has not changed his mind about his plans for you. What God has purposed for you before the beginning of time, his gifts and gifts and callings are without repentance. And if God has said it, he will do it. It just takes our belief and our yes. And the one thing that can disqualify us and the one and only thing is unbelief. But if we have belief in God, I believe all things are possible. And I, I believe this is a powerful word and an on-time word because I believe God is stirring up the body of Christ and he's drawing in the lost. This is a time for us to really embrace this truth and to be able to impart it and to be able to put it into action and just to bring in the harvest and really to walk in the fullness of what God has called us to walk in. That's why I felt like this word is so very powerful. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, we, we need to understand, you know, the value, the importance of, of honor, right? Honoring one another and, and not necessarily gauging with our natural eyes, you know, um, what what a person is, you know, or using our eyes to, to kind of gauge the value of a person, you know, the fact that they're alive, the fact that they're in the body of Christ is enough. The fact that they're children of God is enough, right? Um, and, and I feel like that's something the enemy has attacked, you know, the human race um, about, you know, from the start, you know, it's like, do you really know who you are? You know, do you really know who you've been called to be? But mostly who you are and whose you are, you know. And and so what we should be doing as a body is really encouraging each other in our identity. It's like, hey, you are a daughter of God. You're a daughter. You're my sister. You're a daughter of, of, of the Most High God. You know, if you're forgetting, I'll remind you, you know. So it's not a um, when you're down, I look down on you too. So one thing that, um, that's weird that it's coming up, but one thing that the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, had taught me, I guess shared with me a while back, you know, early in marriage, you tend to either criticize your spouse and point out things. I mean, you still do it. Even now we all do it. You know, there's always stuff that you don't like, you know? And then I remember one day he was telling me, he was like, so, you know, as, as you criticize him, as you point fingers, as you do this, you are partnering with the enemy, Right. 
Do you know that you're partnering with him um, to be an accuser of the brethren? You know, and he said that and I was like, whoa, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm one who I hate the devil. I hate anything that he represents. So I'm like, there is no way I'm going to continue to do that, you know, at least willingly and actively, you know, so that definitely shifted my thinking, you know, um, not just in my relationship with my husband, but even just with friends and people generally, you know, and and I think that leads us, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this at some point, leads us even to offense, because I feel like that's a deep rooted issue in the body of Christ is that drinking the cup of offense. I, you know, um, our pastor had shared about that and that word like changed my life completely. Um, but that is another big thing that gets us shackled and stuck in cycles is how we're so readily, you know, um, available to drinking cups of offense and just, you know, someone does something and you just like, take that on and just hold on to it and unforgiveness and all these other things kind of just come in, you know, and cause more of the separation and the division that the enemy wants to see. And he's trying to uh, perpetrate right in the body of Christ. But um, so it's, it all really just goes back to is who are you? And even in your lowest point, you know, what am I doing as your sister to remind you who you are? you know, and to honor you no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what battles you're fighting, you know, right in the middle of that pit or in the middle of that storm, I'm, I'm telling you, look, Lori, you are not all these lies that the enemy is, you know, kind of spitting at you right now. You are not all these things. You are my sister. You are my, you are a daughter of the most high God and you will fulfill your purpose, you know, so that's kind of my thoughts around that's that. That is powerful. And I'll tell you, even with our children, and I know that sounds like just maybe an off-topic thing, but it's not because I believe as parents, sometimes we look at our children and we're so familiar with their weaknesses or with their little attitudes or their little triggers. And, you know, I believe that it's significant that we, even parents honor their their children in the way that we speak to our children and speak to them about who they are to raise them up. I believe the, ne- the next generations are going to be so significant. I think God has such a powerful uh, purpose for them to carry out that it's significant as parents for us to even walk in honor towards children. I, I, it was very heartbreaking to me to, to find out that during COVID and quarantine that the child abuse had increased. And I thought, wow, there, there is an all out assault against our children. And so I believe that's definitely a prayer point for us as the body of Christ. Um, I, it also made me think of just not regarding others uh, um, according to the flesh. If the body of Christ really takes hold of this, the healing that this can bring to the world will be very, very powerful. It'll be a big thing because right now I think this is where the healing in the world is going to start because I believe right now the division is, you know, your, uh, where we stand with politics, our race, if you're a police officer, it just there are so many places where the enemy has targeted to try to make people like pull into their own corners and identify themselves by characteristics and not their creator. So I think that's powerful. I, I think there was one uh, following thing that I wanted to share. Besides the most powerful fact that we are significant and necessary and indispensable and God called us called us honored 
is Leviticus 26, 13. And it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke. And yoke here means to be dealt with severely, to be made full of, to be mocked, to be pained, and to be abused. And these are all ways that the enemy tries to take us out of our calling and our destiny and make you to walk uprightly. Uh, if you look that up, it means to become powerful, to be strengthened, elevated, uh, uprising, to be fixed, to be valid. And I really just want to stop there because I think that's such a common need for everyone is to feel valid, to feel validated. And I think that's very linked to the uh, to drinking the cup of offense is when, you know, someone just makes you feel not, you know, just you don't feel validated. You feel, well, whatever. Just, you know, that's one of the ways that the enemy uses. That's one of the things the enemy uses to bring offense, I think, also. Yeah, like feeling like you're not, you know, worthy of love or acceptance or, you know, not feeling that value in somebody else, somebody else's eyes, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see that, you know, instances I can, you know, definitely think about um, it really have been tied to that. It's like, okay, this person does not see my worth. This person does not value me, you know, and, and so because of that, I'm not, you know, and then I choose to take on that offense and unforgiveness and, you know, and even just I don't have a voice, you know, that feeling of not having a voice with a certain person, whether it's your spouse or whether it's with a friend, you know, feeling like you don't count. Um, that is definitely one of the ways that we get shackled, all right, in that place of offense and that causes the division. It just, you know, spews into many different things, of course. Um, but yeah, I know that it's at God's heart, you know, right now. When you, when you read that verse about, you know, um, the yoke being lifted off, it reminded me of uh, Isaiah ten twenty seven, you know, where, where God talked about... Um, it says, in that day, their burden will be lifted from their shoulders and their yoke from their neck, and the yoke will be broken because you have grown fat. And and to me, that's really light and knowledge and understanding that the fatness comes from being equipped, learning, knowing what the the enemy uses to come against us, right? The strategies, you know, because when you go, people go to war, they don't go blindly, right? They they kind of have an idea or think about, you know, like wrestlers or a boxer, for instance, you know, they kind of have studied their opponent, right? They know what that person's, I guess, jabs and at least I have, I think I do. I'm not, I don't watch all of that a lot, but <laughs> I feel like they, I know at least that they study, you know, their opponents a, a lot. And so, um, in the same way, not to say we should be sitting, you know, studying what the enemy is doing, but we should kind of know how he comes against us specifically because he kind of knows he's watched, you know, and, and studied you. And so he knows the things that he can bring to trip you up, you know, whether it's, you know, jealousy, whether it's, you know, the things that you typically would kind of fall for, you know, and so... It's important for us to, to have those strategies, be aware of those things that he uses to get us stuck in cycles, right? 
um, and then obviously know what God's strategies are to get out of those cycles, which reminds me of what you were talking about when you t- you asked God, you know, what do I need to do? Um, what do I need to change to change? I love that. I'm actually going to write it down and, <laughs> and have you autograph that. I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, seriously, though, you know, like we need to understand how he comes against us, but also even greater because that's how we um, overcome and that's how we break those cycles is knowing what God's perspective on the whole situation is. And so when he talks about because you have grown fat, I believe it's a combination of all these things, you know, and God giving us the wisdom and the divine strategy to like not get sucked into those cycles whenever they come around us, you know, again in our lives. And that includes for the church, that that cycle of division that we always we always tend to get sucked into, you know, because of whatever reasons, offense, because of, you know, just um, dishonor, you know, and all of that. So knowing that that's what the enemy brings against us and the ways that he does that, but knowing God's heart and how God expects us to stand against that, you know, and even stirs us up to be the ones to say, look, enough is enough. We're not going to have this anymore because this is not in line with what God wants, you know, and it has to stop with us because it has to end here because we don't want it to go down to the next generation and, and keep, you know, um, replicating itself, you know, so yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's recognizing the enemy, recognize the enemy and people are not our enemy. It is recognize the enemy and then recognizing the authority that we walk in. And whenever he says to be strengthened, uh, to be elevated, that means in high places with Christ Jesus. And I, 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 I know there was definitely a time where God, God had already delivered me. I was in a blessed place. I got already was, had walked me into this beautiful place. And then the enemy came in and tried to make it look like it was all a lie. Like, this is all going to fall apart. This is all going to be taken from you. And so when God speaks a word, the word will test us, and the enemy will come to mock the word. So like you said, it's significant to get in that secret place with God and to sit, take, those, take those things to him and to recognize your enemy, remind yourself of who you are in the Lord, and to just breathe in his strength and his power and to take authority over the enemy. And um, I, I believe that is very key because he said he didn't set take us out of a bondage for us to go back into bondage. And, of course, that, that's something we see repeatedly in history in the Bible. And, and I don't think that we have. I don't, in this time, in this age, I believe the body of Christ needs to wise up, like you said. I think we need to be prepared. And uh, I just, um, this word just speaks so much to me. And then the last um, scripture that I have is Romans 8, 19, and it says, All of creation waits expectantly and longs for the manifestation of the sons of God. And when I first read this, I thought, how do I know that's talking about me? Because immediately I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not really (laughs) sure. Is that me? And then I started looking it up, and I found the sons of God are all who are led by the Spirit of God. And just to know that all of creation, and maybe they're not even aware that they're waiting for what's inside of us, but they're waiting. They're waiting for us to show up. They were waiting for this moment and for what God has ahead of us. And they're waiting for all of you to rise up and to say yes to the call and to manifest 
what God has placed inside of us. It is our reasonable sacrifice to pour out the gifts that God has given us and to steward them and not face God one day and give those back to him and have not stewarded them. And I, uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but... No, I think that perfectly sums it up. We have that responsibility, you know, to God, to ourselves, to, you know, the future generations, to, to leave that legacy of, you know, using our voice and being all that God called us to be, right? Um, and, and I think enough is enough of, you know, using, making excuses. Enough is enough of, you know, saying, well, someone else said I'm not qualified or someone, you know, says I, I'm not up to par, you know, God's called us and God is the one who um, equips us, the people he's called. So, you know, when we talk about cancel culture, I, I really didn't even know what that was. I mean, I was aware that it was happening, but I didn't know that it actually had a name. Um, but God really gave me a word for that. And uh, I woke up one, um, one morning and I actually saw the word ap- unapologetically. And he said, I want you to say and do what I've called you to say and do. And I want you to do it unapologetically. And the Lord had taught me, taught me on a smaller scale whenever uh, I would like I'd be grocery shopping and I'd almost feel like apologizing for the space that I took up in the grocery store. And God said, no, you have as much right to take up space as another person. You don't have to apologize because you're somewhere where you need to be to to purchase something that you need for yourself. And I know that may sound silly, and maybe not everyone struggles with that, but I'll tell you, every one of us were here for such a time as this, filled with a purpose. And I believe God is saying to the body of Christ, it's time to rise up. It's time to manifest what God has placed inside of you unapologetically. And that's our word for today. Unless you have something to share to that. No, thank you. Um, Just wanted to thank you all for joining us today. This has been wonderful for me. Um, And and I'm sure you too, Lori. Um, But yeah, so thank you for joining us. And we'll see you again next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of We Break Cycles. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like and share. We invite you to follow our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. And please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to follow us on your favorite podcast platform.